Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Premier Football Podcast on PFP Media. Joe, happy Pancake Tuesday. Happy Pancake Tuesday, Rafe. Do you know what? I I thought it was Pancake Tuesday last Tuesday. I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to confess and admit that. So I, I, I made pancakes for, for my wife and my son and myself. And uh, then we found out, I think it was the next morning, that uh, it was Pancake Tuesday on the 16th of February, which is obviously today. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a pandemic. Uh, we're in level five lockdown in Ireland. So I couldn't really care less about having to make pancakes uh, two weeks in a row. So you did get your, get your fix this morning? No, I'll make them. I'll actually no. I'll um, I'll make them for dinner tonight as a, as a bit of a treat. Um, just because my son goes to Cress early in the morning, so we never make him breakfast, and he's he's gonna want them when he comes back home. So just to give him a treat. Right. Well, we've got, we've got loads of football to talk about, but just one more question: what, What's your favorite topping for pancakes? Rafe, it depends. If I'm having fat, fluffy American pancakes, I like uh, butter, maple syrup, and uh, some bacon on the side. Obviously, you wouldn't be a fan of the bacon, but maybe you could have some 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 fake bacon. Uh, if it's crepes, um, man, I like I like Nutella on crepes, or 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 a crepe Suzette. If I'm in a restaurant and I want to be a bit fancy with with Grand Marnier and what's a Suzette? A crepe Suzette, it's a flambéed crepe pancake. Mm. So you flambé the, the Grand Marnier, which is an orange liqueur, and it creates this really thick, sweet, delicious sauce with, with the sugar. And then, uh, yeah, they, they, the waiters flambé the, the crepes at your table. So it's a bit of an event. Okay, welcome to the Premier Football Podcast, the most middle-class show on earth. <laughs> if you're ever in Brittany for a family holiday, like everyone, <laughs> then, then that's what I recommend. <laughs> All right, look, man, we'll, we'll crack on with the football. I suppose there, there's probably two big games at the top of the table uh, this week, a couple of big games down the bottom as well. But I, I suppose the only place that we... I, I suppose let, let, let's rip off the band-aid and get it done. Um, Liverpool went down 3-1 to Leicester City. Um, in, mm. in what was a pretty enthralling game of football, I think Liverpool took it to them to, for, for 75 minutes. Leicester defended pretty resiliently. Um, they, they got their goals at the end. They, they were good value for their win. Liverpool obviously fell apart. The wheels came off more individual mistakes at the back from the goalkeeper. But I suppose the, the positives that they can take are, are, are definitely an improved performance. At, at, at this stage of the season, Joe, is, is an improved performance what you think Liverpool fans and players and coaching staff would want to see? Or, or is it just all about results at this stage? Yeah, for me, it's all about results. I, I I don't think that Liverpool fans can take anything from a 3-1 defeat away to Leicester when when they were 1-0 up. I mean, if that had been Manchester City earlier, when Manchester City started going on their 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 run, they decided that to begin with, they're just going to take 1-0s. They, they don't care how they get the win, they're going to get the win and they're going to build momentum. And that's exactly what Liverpool should have done as well. They should have got... Uh, Liverpool have proven... Uh, I know that they don't have their best defence, but they have good defensive midfielders as well. And, and the fullbacks are very good. Um, but Liverpool have proven over the last couple of years that they can defend Leeds better than most in the Premier League. Their defence has been exceptional. It's obviously fallen away a lot this year, and that has a lot to do with the the, the injuries. But at the same time, I think that Liverpool had enough, have enough about them to be able to take a 1-0 lead in the what is it, 70th minute away to Leicester City. 76th was the first 76th goal. minute away to Leicester City and hold on to that. Um, I, I think there's no case for saying that they can't or 
they, they can't do that. Um, I, I, th- I think I, normally I, you would, you would back them too. I, I know Liverpool fans have a lot of complaints about the first two goals, about the VAR decisions, the, the offside. When you think about some of the decisions we've seen this year, I, I don't want to get bogged down on VAR and lines on the pitch, but I mean, it, it, it does seem like the official made the correct call and, and somehow they, they've overturned an offside decision yeah yeah look it was a strange one and i know these things happen but then whatever it was four minutes later sadio mane seemed to be shoved over in the back two passes before jamie vardy had the ball in the back of the net as well and it, it, it's it's fine margins and I, I i as a liverpool fan i'm really optimistic now on the back of that because i think that's the best that we've played in months i, yeah, I, I know we I, had I, good I, wins I, against spurs and, and against west ham but those teams aren't at the same level that Leicester are at. Leicester are the second best team in the country right now. And we went well, we went yeah. there and we played well for, for the majority of the game. But very Liverpool lost 3-1 and the defence and goalkeeper were calamitous, especially the goalkeeper. I actually think that the, the, um, the blaming Ozan Kabak is, is a little bit harsh. I don't think that he was really at fault. Maybe his positioning for the last goal... Uh, for Harvey Barnes's goal was a little bit off. His lack for, of pace for, was quite concerning as well. Yeah, but then you just have to factor that in. You can't be playing such a high line if you're bringing if, if you have a defender who, who who doesn't have so much pace, uh, who doesn't have so much pace. But the 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 second goal, I mean, that's that's all on Allison. That's it all is, on him. Two, what is two he? Weeks what, in that, a row. That's criminal. And that that for me is would be most worrying because he's now in dreadful form. I think we had this conversation over WhatsApp. We tend to have most conversations two or three times anyway. But I, I, I think we observed that Alisson has gone through this before. I think that was his ninth mm. error leading directly to a goal. And you compare that to somebody like Kepa, who's only got three in the same time frame. And um, when Alisson first joined the club, I think in his debut or his second game, he tried to do a do a, a cruft turn inside his own box and gave the ball away. And, and it, it, mm. it led to a goal against us. And people were thinking, oh, oh goodness, who, who is this guy? Um, the mistakes that we saw last week, um, playing trying to play out against City with his feet. I mean, this does happen to goalkeepers when they try to play out sometimes. But the one last week just seemed like a complete... Look, if, if Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk are playing, he feels no obligation to come and try to claim that ball. I, I think that there's there, there's this continuing element of distrust with the Liverpool centre-halves. We've seen them tactically try to adjust it and protect them more. We see midfielders playing there. We see the goalkeeper now coming... I'm, I'm looking forward to, to when we can have a settled centre half playing in defence and then people can start to relax and, and trust them a little bit because I think that's oh, right. just what I, it was a lack I of trust. I think that, that that'll be looking into next season, unfortunately, for Liverpool. Um, and th- for the rest of this season, I mean, it's very much a salvage job to, to, to secure. Cha- Liverpool can't afford to miss out on the Champions League. I think that we established that last week when we, when we talked about Liverpool's finances. And I think more so the fact that John W. Henry is at the epicenter of these uh, slightly shady uh, <laughs> European Super League talks uh, for, for his credibility um, as well. I, I, I think that it's not, it's not possible for, you know, it, 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 it won't look good for Liverpool to miss out on the Champions League. The, 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 Liverpool have more than enough quality to get into the Champions League, but the fight is on. Speaking, of, speaking of Liverpool and the Champions League, I know that we want to talk a little bit about the, the, the stadiums. We'll come back to the Premier League in a minute. We'll talk about the, the race to the top four and how the other teams have got on. But it's a really interesting um, return to the Champions League because Liverpool are playing RBC Leipzig, RB Leipzig tonight, but they're playing in the Puskas Arena in, in Budapest. Mm. Because I mean, this is... Go on. 
Yeah, no, this is happening for for a host of te- for for a host of teams in the Champions League and the Europa League because of coronavirus restrictions and, and quarantines, and um, they're not letting uh, footballers take or athletes take exception to quarantine rules. I find this a little bit iffy. I mean, on the one hand, yes, that's fair enough, but the fact that they're letting elite sport go go ahead to begin with, surely they've already given them a pass. Yeah, that, that's uh, a double and, standard in itself. It, it is, and the fact that they have so much testing in place um, in in the in the elite football world, uh, you you can you can bypass these 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 restrictions in, in a way that, that that normal people can't. So I, I think that once they gave the green light for elite sport to go ahead just let it go ahead i mean yeah what's going to happen when it comes to the euros and you have people flying you know the euros in this summer in multiple is countries in multiple 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 european countries um how is that going to work if there are still which is quite possible that we still have quarantine uh laws in place what's going to happen then what, what do you make of the mess. fact that these games are being played over two legs with potentially both legs being played in neutral venues and, and could be decided on away goals mm it's not well thought out at all. I mean, if they're going to do it in neutral venues, I think just make it one leg. I mean, you can have extra time and penalties, but just make it one leg. And I think for everyone's sake, that would be better. And I, think, wants to be... I think there's definitely an argument for, for one legs anyway. Mm. I think a lot of people enjoyed the one leg format last year because it stopped teams yes. just sitting in when they're, when they're at home and, and trying to shut teams out and protect the away it, goals. The away it, goals um, real almost ruins the two-legged affair, if anything. It, exactly. It plays against uh, the likes of Diego Simeone and Jose Mourinho, who just who 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 live for the away goals rule, who 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 will set up in 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 a tricky um, European knockout tie to go through on away goals. Like that's that that that's how they like to do it. Um, you know, it it leads for better entertainment value. There there is less games to be played for the for the footballers. I just think it would have made sense. Okay, right. Look back back to the Premier League, and, and we'll finish on Leicester very quickly. Um, that they're up to second now. They've probably been good value for it. I, I know it sounds obvious to say, but they probably have been the most consistent performer aside from Manchester City this season. It, it's something that we saw from them last season. Obviously, second place up to around this stage in the season, and, and then they they tailed off massively. There was an injury to James Madison, and and they didn't seem to recover. Do you think that with the return of the Europa League, and um the, the still the, the congested fixture lists. Do you think that Leicester have the have the strength and depth to see out the rest of the season this year? Have they well, learned from their mistakes? Yeah, yeah. It's not just their squad being a little bit thin because I actually think that they've coped very well with injuries this season. Obviously, they've missed Indeedy for large periods. Madison, Castagna, Vardy James for bits. Just, <clears throat> who was that? Vardy for bits. Vardy for bits, of course. Yeah, he always misses a few games a season. James Justin, who's who has just recently got got, got out injured. Herrera. Yeah, yeah, they they missed a host of Soyuncu. Um, they've really missed a lot of players. They've had to rotate their squad a lot, and they're still joint second in in the league with just fourteen games to play. The the other issue for Leicester is the Brendan Rodgers conundrum, and that is that in the Premier League, Rodgers notoriously doesn't finish the season well. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. It, it was the same with Liverpool. It's, it's been the same with Leicester, obviously, obviously last season. Um, clearly, when he was at Celtic, that didn't come into play because they would have the league wrapped up by now. But um, yeah, that's an issue for it. That's a personal demon for him to overcome himself. I, 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 if, I'm, if I'm asking fi- you, do you think that they will last the season? Do I think Leicester will last the season? Will, will they be in the Champions League next year? 
I, th- I think this year they will be, yeah. They'll be- they'll benefit from the inconsistent. I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to have an amazing run. And they they could be inconsistent, but everyone else is being inconsistent as well. D- despite their their four wins and a draw under Tuchel, I don't trust Chelsea to. Um, to continue playing like this they've had they've had some pretty easy games Liverpool are wildly inconsistent um West Ham will not finish in the top four um I'm sorry to say mm-hmm. uh and, and who does that leave Manchester United I, I think Leicester are more consistent than all of those teams I've done Manchester United a, a disservice there um with, with their point over the weekends they they have moved back up above Leicester on goal difference they, they're they three have, goals yeah. ahead of Leicester in, in second place let's talk about them for a minute Joe because I was I was really bummed out after that result on Saturday you know I took it really personally as, as I tend to do but Sunday rolled around and, and Manchester United decided to to draw horribly away to West Brom and then everything went on to to lose that, that evening and, and things things were okay for me surely that was a brilliant opportunity for Manchester United to to nail down second place, to, to open up that space over fourth and fifth place and, you know, really give their fans something to, something to be proud about and be encouraged about because they were in a title race before mm. that game. Of course. Yeah. And to, and to put some pressure on, on city as well, they would have been just um, four points, behind, sorry, five points behind them with again, with a win, albeit city having a, having a game in hand. Um, but is and and Solskjaer was saying before that game that Manchester United were not in the title race. Is that what you want to hear I mean, from your manager? It's it's a defeatist. I'm not surprised to hear it from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but it's a defeatist attitude. I don't I don't think that he's in any way capable of sustaining it a, a, a title challenger, a title win for for Manchester United. Um, he doesn't instill great belief. Um, he he's he doesn't come across as a fighter to me in when he when he speaks to the media. Um, his body language seems to be all all, all wrong for. For, for, for that sort of for that side of, of, of man management um you, you you cannot as Manchester United manager being second to your to your city rivals um in February say that you're not in the title race you have yeah you have to try to, to to get your players up for it and and and, and put in a, a title challenge but but is anyone surprised by that result no I would absolutely say no. not yeah, yeah, it's classic Manchester United. I, I, I think I still maintain that this is a false position for them. I don't think that they are that fantastic. It's it's just everyone else's inconsistencies, and they have a better team than they've had before. Obviously, the the, the acquisition of Bruno Fernandez has has helped them hugely, well, and he, that, that, he was very it. impressive again. I, I don't think and, they have a better team than everybody else. They have a Bruno Fernandez. No, no, I was saying they have a better team than than in previous years themselves. Hmm. It's like, do, do, you remember, do you remember, obviously, the 2013-14 season when, when Liverpool went so close and, and Gerrard slipped? But after that year, we saw Suarez leave the team mm. and they were an entirely different prospect without him. Yeah. They, they were completely completely dull um, forward, forward attack and it kind of exposed how, how average a lot of that squad was. And you feel that, I, I don't think it's going to happen this summer because there's no money um, in any of the big clubs at the moment, but you feel if somebody was to come in at Real Madrid in a normal season or at Barcelona or whoever and mm. take Bruno Fernandes away, Manchester United could well be finishing seventh or eighth. Yeah, 100%. And the 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 thing is that there's every chance of that happening. Those those clubs are obviously not in a position to make signings. Real Madrid didn't even make a signing last summer and I don't think they'd be in a position to, to spend over £100 million to bring someone like Bruno Fernandes in. However, fast forward to next summer, 
um, I think it could be quite a different story. And and obviously by then those two clubs would need to to be to be investing in their squads once again. And he if he continues this form, that's an obvious obvious choice uh, for for either of them. A draw for Big Sam, Joe. That put, that brings them up to thirteen points after twenty four games, which is an abysmal it's, record. That is yeah, really it, diabolical. It, 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 ha- it hasn't improved under him either. They're twelve um, points I, off safety. Do you give them any chance? No, no, I don't. I, I mean, look at the squad. It's just, it's, it's not good enough. He didn't get the classic Sam Allardyce January signings that, that he's always needed to stay up. I mean, he has all the excuses he needs. Uh, I, I think he might resign before the season's out to it because otherwise that's a, that's a serious blemish on his, his, his record. He's obviously never got relegated. Um, I, I don't give them a chance, no, or, nor Sheffield United. No, it, it does seem a bridge too far for those teams down the bottom. And, and maybe he started too too late in, in that job to do anything. And, and given the season that that it is, there's a there's a massively reduced lack of training time this season. If yeah, there's a lack but, of anything, it's it's a lack of training time on the pitch because the games are, are, are so close together. It's more just recovery course. and preparation. But Rafe, that was the wrong call to bring him in. West Brom have no right to be decide to, to be claiming they need to be staying in the in the Premier League and sacking Billich and bringing Allardyce in wasn't going to work this time round because they're not able to provide Allardyce with the funds that he needs in the transfer market in this market to get them out of the state that they're in. They should have kept Billich, accepted that there is a chance that they might go down, but it's a relatively young and inexperienced team as well. Just give them that. I mean, look at Norwich last season. I actually yeah. think that, that that year in the Premier League for, for a lot of their players has done them the world of good. A couple of them have got big moves. I mean, Max Ahrens is, is linked with a £50 million move to, to Bayern Munich. I mean, that's really good for the club. Even if he does move on, that is a serious amount of money they're bringing in. And it looks great that they're producing these sort of players themselves as well. So just get a bit, let's let, give Billich the... Ch- I, yeah, I thought it was very desperately unfair to, to sack him. Just give him the season yeah, because and he- accept they might go down. If they do go down, and they will go down under Allardyce, they're going to need to get mm. rid of him anyway, whether he walks or... He's not oh, the he's, man for the championship. No, and he's not going to manage in the championship. His ego is... I mean, he doesn't He doesn't need that, does he? He did it with West Ham because I think he was paid a, a huge amount of money and West Ham are a, a significantly bigger club than um, than West Brom. But that's not the sort of, of, of battle that he needs to be fighting. He, he, he was England manager just just five years ago. Let's not okay. forget. We, we will jump back to the top in a minute. I, I know that we haven't spoken about Manchester City and Spurs yet. That was obviously a, a big game. But I think possibly even a bigger game in the context of the season is Fulham's 2-0 win over Everton. Everton had the chance to go level on points with Liverpool with obviously a game in hand midweek. And Fulham have been struggling to, to turn good performances into wins. They've been, they've been creating chances. I think they're, they're a mid-table team in terms of expected goals but they have not been putting the ball in the back of the net. How important could Josh Maja be for them? Two goals on debut. Mm, away, away to Everton. Yeah, yeah, hugely, Rafe. Um, the, the, only, the only issue with Fulham is that they have been in um, being inconsistent. And although they have a game in hand, we've seen this season that a game in hand doesn't necessarily <laughs> re- mean that you're going to pick up points. I think on average, I- I'd be giving teams a-, a draw if I was to guess uh, what the- what they pick up in their in their game in hand. I think well, that'd be fair. Well, Joe, their-, their game in hand is tomorrow evening and it's away to Burnley. How big is that? Burnley have been in very good form. 
that I, th- I think that Fulham might struggle to, to beat Burnley. Burnley have, have been keeping clean sheets and they've been scoring goals as well. They just batched Crystal Palace with ease over the weekend, 3-0. At, Crystal at Palace are, are, have done the, the classic Palace season, though. You know, they get yeah. off to a flyer, they get points on the board, and then they all pack it in at Christmas. Like, mm. And I'm... Could they get sucked into? You probably no, think not. No, but, the, man, the teams down, the two teams down the bottom are so bad that there's only one other spot up there. Yeah, there is, and, and, and I, it's I, not going to be Fulham. It's not going to be, be Burnley. It's going to be it's, Newcastle. It's, it's going to be Newcastle. Yeah. Well, this is, Newcastle are a strange team because they have picked up a couple of impressive wins in their last five games, but then they put in. I mean, the times that I, their their performance against Chelsea last night, they offered nothing. I mean, they should be fighting for their lives down there. Joe, uh, they're seventeenth. If, if, if Fulham do win midweek, they mm. are four points off safety. Callum exactly. Wilson is out with a long-term injury now. Yeah, and who is going to score their goals? It's certainly not going to be Joe Linton. Is it going to be Almiron? It's not going to be Andy Carroll. It's not going to be Miguel Almiron. Although he did pick up a couple recently enough. Um, Almiron's but never going to get more than eight or nine but, in a season. No, I mean, if if that, um, it's not going to be Alan Sam Maximin. So. Who's it going to be? Jamal LaSalle's from corners? Probably. Karen Clark from, from, from corners? That's, that's, that's how they're, they're, they're going to be scoring their goals. Um, I really worry for them because they have an owner who's... I mean, for a start, it's too late to pull the plug now anyway. In what, in what sense? To, to sack Bruce and bring someone else in. Is it? 14 games to go. That's uh, who's, not too late. Who's out there? Rafa Benitez is out there, but he's not going to go back to, to, to Newcastle. Well, the, Who's out there to steady the ship with 14 games to go with a, with a team with with no opportunity to bring in players? With I'm, a team I'm fairly that, certain that there's no new assistants. Is, is the odds on favour to take over? <laughs> I mean, what a baptism, baptism of what a baptism what a baptism of fire that is. Um, yeah, but I, I think no, that's, I worry for them. Yeah. I, I worry for them massively as well, but it's not working under Bruce is the thing. And it hasn't really worked and they've managed to get away with it through the season because Callum Wilson has bailed them out enough times and um, because he, he's a quality forward and, and he scores goals when, when it's put there um, for him. And, and they sometimes can keep a clean sheet at the back, but that's happening less frequently. And look, I'm, I'm not judging them on the Chelsea game because Chelsea do look in good form at the moment, but o- over the course of, of the 24 games that have been played, like I said, they're potentially only four points off safety. Mm. And, and, and those teams in and around them are so much worse than them, man. They're, the, their squads well, are so much worse. Newcastle have a squad full of, of Premier League veterans, you know? So Maximum, no, Sam Maximum they're, they're, go for big money. To, he, he could. He could play at a better team. Callum Wilson could play it for a better team. Um, they could. Ryan Fraser, I suppose, did well for Bournemouth. He's he was linked with, with Arsenal for £50 million pounds only a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um I'm just thinking about them down the bottom. Yeah, no, they did. They did. I think Joe, they, Joe uh, will explain for them now, isn't he? He looked quite good. He's all right. He's not. He's probably that's probably his level. Um, I yeah. I I really worry for them. I I don't think they have a great squad. Just to just to come back on on that. I, but they I have really a better don't. squad than than the teams around them, Joe. They have I'm a saying. better squad. They have a better squad than West Brom and Sheffield United. Um, I think that the Fulham squad is actually all right. I think the Fulham squad is all right as well, but I think that Newcastle have a better squad than Burnley. In, in a similar way, they've got a, an experienced mm. Premier League team with a, with a strong core kind of thing. But I think the actual, the quality players in Newcastle's team are better than the quality players in Burnley's team. And Newcastle mm. have a bigger squad than Burnley as well. Burnley have a yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I yeah, think that they yeah. have a better squad than Brighton. I think Brighton are really well coached. 
I think that, that Brighton are like Leeds. Uh, they probably have a better squad than Leeds as well, but Bielsa and Graham Potter are doing brilliant jobs. They're, they're coaching their teams properly into playing uh, playing together and, and working as a, as a team, and, and they're, they're getting the, the joy for it. Whereas it's it's a complete shit show in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, fo- the, the, the football is about as, as bad as you're, you're, you're ever likely to see in the Premier League. It really is. You, it's 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 difficult to. <laughs> I mean, they play a they play a flat back five. Yeah, um, Joe, four look, in front and then if your centre halves win their headers, you're going to beat Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, you are. It, they, it's they, as simple they, as that. They're offering very, very, very little in in pretty much every game, especially in the bigger games. And this is the, the uh, yeah. I, I I always think it's a. I don't know, man. I I think it's a very. I, the the one saving grace they have is that they have points on the board, and Fulham don't. But they don't have very many points on the board, Joe. <laughs> it's a low point season, man. It's a low point season down there. We're looking at thirty five to to stay up, I think. Wow, man! I I've just had a look at the the next manager to leave their post odds. Okay, mm. now on Saturday this was Jurgen Klopp at one to one with all those rumors flying around. He, he's now down the list at, at eight to one. I would have been almost certain that Steve Bruce would have been first on the list as, as the as the favorite manager to go. But he's also mm. eight to one. Who do you think is the bookie's favorite to be the next manager to leave their post? It's uh, Hodgson. No. Parker, no. Allardyce, your 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 mates from across the road. Oh wow, it's Jose, <laughs> is it? Well, yeah. That's 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 not a surprise at, at, at all. I mean, um, I was talking to a to a to a mutual friend of ours whose father is a is a Spurs fan, and um, yeah, not happy at all. And you can see from from Twitter as well that a lot of the fans are not happy at all. That was the complete wrong call, wasn't it? going down that route yeah I mean, I mean i mean look at the look at the talk about newcastle <laughs> playing bad football look at the football that spurs play in every game they set up to play brighton away and brighton absolutely murdered them brighton had something like 65 percent possession and twice as many shots that maybe not twice as many shots i think spurs fashioned a few chances but the football they're playing with the squad that they have is a joke he deserves to lose his job for for, for this there's I, i'm all for saying there are different different ways to, to to win a football match and that's absolutely true but to turn that Tottenham Hotspur team who were playing such good football under Maurizio Pochettino into this <laughs> I'd say you're loving it well <laughs> I'm, put, I'm putting up a good face now I think um yeah no it's it's obviously no it was never going to work out ever like he no, took us, and I mean, we he took, took over to on the 20th of November 2019, and we were buzzing to have him back in the league. And you, especially, were buzzing to have him take over at Spurs. And um, mm. because I think we, we all had an, an idea of, of what was going to happen. Now, I know, and I think you know deep down that, that you said you'd have him at Arsenal, um, in, in the in the Unai Emery era towards the back end of that. But I think I, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that down to your desperation. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, that would be down uh, to my desperation to, to, to try to, to try to scratch around for anything um, yeah. better than what was. But being from from when he time. took over, it was very very clear, and and I mean mm. the the documentary was absolutely fantastic as well, and it just, mm. it just showed that he's totally nuts. He lives in a world of his own, mm. and he, he, he does. He, He's a he's a he's a he's a sociopath. He he's kind of he he sits in his office all day, kind of mooding about. I, I man, what what was really what was really clear to me in that documentary was when, 
was it when they lost in the FA Cup to, to Norwich and Deli Ali comes into the dressing room and he's swearing he's like it's just it's just kicking it long and whatever and fuck, uh, yeah. something like that and then um, he's straight away out of the team and he's, he hasn't really been seen since uh, I mean Dan, it's, Danny to, to Rose go- was a I don't want to call him a club legend but he, he was an academy player that came through um, yeah he, he was one of their own he'd been at the uh, been in the senior team for the best part of 10 years and Jose Mourinho takes his squad number off him without saying a word to him, man. Doesn't even acknowledge Again, it. And, and, and the way that Danny Rose went about trying to leave the club, I thought was absolutely fine. It was quite mature. He was just saying, look, I want to be playing football. Can you please get a me alone deal? Yeah, go, go on and say, hey, Gaffer, what's happening? Why am I not playing? Yeah. There, there are people playing? in the team what? ahead of me that, that aren't as good as me, that are, that are making mistakes in training, making mistakes on the pitch. Why am I not getting a chance? he was a real straight talker Danny Rose and it surprised me that Mourinho didn't like him because Mourinho's a real straight talker as well Um, but I mean yeah no to to, to take an academy product squad number off them (laughs) is is a bit rich but um, like he just lacks any class without without wads of cash Jose Mourinho hasn't been successful since he was at Porto I mean Inter Mm. Milan maybe yeah but they had an outrageously good squad you know, they yeah, they did. did. They did. I mean, I mean, he he had he, he had a, he had a ridiculous squad. He had he had one of the best back lines that no, we've ever seen. Nobody expects him to win the Champions League now, but like no, had, no, no, but it was perfectly Diego, set. Mil- Diego Melito up top and, and Samuel well, well, Yeah, it was. He had the luxury to play Eto on the wing, and because he had Melito to play in his in his number nine role, they had Goran Pandev on the left who worked was so Schneider so hard. Wesley Snyder Snyder in his prime. Then in in central midfield they had Esteban Cambiaso. Yeah, was Zanetti playing centre mid? And Thiago Mota. Thiago Mota. Mata, yeah, and then they, in the back four, they had Zanetti, um, Walter Samuel, Marco Materazzi, Christian Chivu, players like that, and, and um, Julio Cesar. And go- I mean, it was, it, was, it was one of the best European teams that we've ever, that we've ever, <laughs> ever seen. Ideal for a Jose Mourinho. Um, yeah. and, I mean, he did, a, he did a great job. And, uh, but, the result against but what Barcelona I'm saying is, is he always needs but, money to spend on his guys and his players. Yeah, yeah, and look, exactly. obviously, the global pandemic came at the wrong time for so many teams and the financial he's had crash. Money. He's had money. He's brought in several players. He brought in Pierre-Emil Hjoiberg. He brought in Matt Doherty. Um, this, he this brought in fair. Gareth Bale on loan. He, 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 he had brought in Sergio Reguillon. He's had money. Yeah. More money than most. That's very true, actually. He was able to plug several gaps. He went into this season with... Everyone was thinking, wow, Spurs, Mourinho's got his players, hasn't he? They, they have a chance. And then they were top of the league and all of the lads in our WhatsApp group were saying, ah, oh, here, no title race is on for Spurs and Jose Mourinho. Even as late as January, they were saying that. And yeah. it was clear as day what was going to happen with Spurs this season. And the the, the thing is that the worst is the worst is yet to come. Yeah, man, if, if Liverpool were, were dismantled by City, Spurs were absolutely swatted aside. Oh. They, 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 they didn't even a fight. No, they didn't. It was a training exercise. It was just routine. Um, it's hard to imagine anything different in the Carabao Cup, actually, as well. I, I, have I, have I you mean, got your pens yet, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never buy anything associated. Actually, do you know what? That is kind of funny. I, that, that is kind of funny. If I was given one of those things, I would probably... Man, I, I, might, I might buy you a, a Spurs League Cup key ring. A finalist. <laughs> yeah, <a> finalist. <laughs> Carabao Cup final 2001. Yeah, I wonder if they have any Audi Cup uh, pens <laughs> on their on their website. I didn't see any. Maybe they, they, they sold out. 
look, there's, there's not much left that we want to go through. Obviously, we, we spoke about Fulham's win over Everton, but but where does that leave Everton? Because mm. I know that we, I, I like to play the, the Leicester-Everton good-bad game every week, and, and, and this week, Leicester good. And, th- and this week, Everton bad, you know? But I mean, yeah. Everton I mean, had a real chance this week, man. Everton, if Everton win their two games in hand, obviously they, they go into fourth place. Everton are not going to win their two games in well, hand. They've only got I, I one think. in hand now because they, they lost. I'm, no, they have no, two. Sorry, 22. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they have two. Yeah, I'm looking at the table. They have two. Villa have two. Villa are also not going to win their two games in hand. I think that both teams will be looking at two or three points apiece from those two fixtures. If, if, if that um, well yeah Everton are playing Man City midweek so I, I, <laughs> they have one game <laughs> yeah they have one game in hand they're, and they're on 37 points with 11, 11 wins and 8 losses um, where does that leave Everton Everton are st- Everton are still having a good season, and I, th- I think that that win in the in the FA Cup against Spurs was was very impressive. Uh, to be fair to Spurs, they put up a decent fight in that game. They were three one down, and they came back. And uh, maybe, it maybe Everton aren't that good, Joe. In, in fairness to Spurs, I Fulham, don't think I, Fulham I, I, played I, Everton off the park the other night. I, I don't think that, one. Yeah, I don't think that Everton are that good, but they're all right. And 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 they're they're probably they they I think they're, they're they're having a better season. I think, man, if they're, they're in the they're in the semi-finals of the FA Cup, right? Yeah, yeah. If they get to the final of the FA Cup and finish in the top six, that's a really really good season. Yeah, and look, I suppose people probably didn't see it coming. And credit to Carlo Ancelotti for for what he's done. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how they approach their their summer recruitment if they can bring in more big names and, and how high their ambitions are. At the moment, they do look a step off the top. Well, look, everybody looks a step off City at the moment. And I say the global pandemic has, has come at a bad time for, for most clubs, but it hasn't come at a bad time for Manchester City because they have a squad well, loaded, absolutely loaded. They have two squads. Yeah, you what know? City what, what City have done uh, over the years is they've, they've never gone out and spent 70, 80, 100 million pounds, but they must have the, the highest number of 50 million pound players ever in a in a squad. They have they have so many players who 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 are not what you call world class, but what you would call quality, who would who would pretty much get into any squad in in the world. And 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 they have those players in 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 every position. Uh, goalkeeper is perhaps the only position that they're a little bit light, but uh, right across the rest of the squad and centre forward as well. But right across the rest of the squad, it's just laden with with with. Okay, well, look, let, let's have a look at their bench from the other day against Spurs. Now, Spurs would be regarded as, as a pretty good Premier League team normally, and you'd put out a strong team against them. So on, on their bench, they had Kyle Walker, who was what fifty million pounds. Yeah, Ruben Diaz, seventy million pounds. I think it was yeah sixty uh, something like that. Sergio Aguero, did you ever hear of him before? <laughs> Once or twice, one of the best strikers of his generation. Ferran Torres, how much did they sign him for? I think that was about 26, 30 yeah, million he, pounds. He Valencia, Valencia cash strapped. Ben Mendy was what, 40, 50? Yeah, yeah, from Monaco, exactly. Riyad, Riyad Mahrez. Again, 55, 60 million pounds from Leicester, one of the yeah. best wingers of his generation, you'd have to say. And then uh, three three academy players as well. In yeah. fairness to them, this, this, but, this is what I'm saying. Like they have so many. Like all of their, they don't. Never really, mind this guy Kevin De Bruyne who, who's not in the squad. Exactly. But even if you if you're looking at their their starting eleven as well, and I, I'm just going to get that um that that was that that result uh, against Spurs because I want to look at their starting eleven. They had Morales playing in goals. Cancelo, Stones, Laporte, yeah. Zinchenko, Bernardo, Rodri, Gundogan, Foden, Jesus, Sterling. 
The only one of them, apart from Foden, obviously was an academy product who, who wasn't a big money signing is Zinchenko. The rest of them are all, I mean, they don't, every summer they sign players for between 30 and um, 50, They spend 100 million, million pounds every summer. At least, man. At least they, they, they're, they're absolutely like they, they go after quality. That's what I'm saying. Like and they, they, don't they want a squad they, later. They don't recuperate any of this cash. They, they, what Sane went for thirty five million? Did he? No, or they do. It... They do. They, they, they have a, they have um, loan, loan systems in place. Oh, they in the do. Way Chelsea yeah. do, and they have their feeder clubs in Melbourne City and uh, New York City as well. So it's a, it's a. I mean, as as far as clubs are run in the Premier League, I think it's hard to look past City. They they are by far, I think they're a much better run club than Liverpool, just because of their cash reserves. They're able to be Liverpool are the best sustainable model in the Premier League by far. Uh, but but uh, in terms of overall, what you want out of a club to to, to generate income through through no, through no effort of your own, City are magnificent at it. Um, City obviously won two Premier Leagues in a row. Liverpool. We're champions last year. Do you think, though, there's a risk that in five, six, ten years' time, mm. when Man City are, are looking for their umpth trophy league, league title in a row, do you think we'll be looking back saying, "God, we need somebody to do a Liverpool this season. We need somebody to go yeah. on a run and and do something I, that that's just remarkable." Because it, it, it doesn't seem like it, it's it's going to be possible for for teams to compete with them year in year out. Yeah, I agree. I think that we might have been looking at this Liverpool. Win Premier League win last season as as a one off, and and we might be looking at City having won five or six Premier Leagues in seven or eight six seven eight years. That that um they obviously won the two prior to Liverpool. They're going to win this. Um, I think we could be looking at Pep staying, continuing building a dynasty at City, and 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 then them having been the best the best um I mean Fergie won three in a row. That's the best he ever did. I think that we could be looking at City winning. Winning four in a row, yeah, like because that. it, it happens in other countries. Yeah, with, with, like with Bayern Munich and with PSG and with Juventus, Barcelona. Even they usually win the. Yeah, well, La, there La is there is some there is some there. rotation, but they but they're usually in recent years they've been by far the most successful domestically. Um, Real Madrid obviously perform better in the Champions League usually. Yeah, like I, I think that we could be. I mean, even if if you look at the domestic trophies, City have won the Carabao Cup something like four years in a row. Um, Arsenal have won a couple of FA Cups, but aside from that, City, City love winning the FA Cup. You as know, well. I, I don't want to be too bitter about Man City as well because shame on Manchester United, Joe. Shame on them for spending so much money so badly. You know, because they should they should be challenging as well because they've mm. they've spent as much money as Man City that and, and they pay as much money in wages. Let, let let's not let them off the hook lightly. Abs- abs- absolutely, but the difference is that City's owners aren't trying to impose them. You know, aside from the Robinho signing, uh, which is literally <laughs> their their marker, uh, they've never tried to impose themselves. They've they've very sensibly been figured out. Right, we're oil guys. We're really good at at, uh, at at getting wealth from the the Gulf area. We're, we're going to do that. We're going to give you unlimited cash, and we're going to hire these experts to go out. And we're going to hire these it, football guys, which is, exactly. Which is the, the the complete way to do it. But you, we're not going to put an accountant have, in, in charge of our, our football yeah, program. Yeah, you have you have the Glazers uh, and Ed Wood, hiring Ed Woodward, who's obviously a chartered accountant to make. He's, he's a noodle salesman specialist. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the official uh, microphone of Manchester United, man. The, the, <laughs> you, you name it, Ed, Ed Woodward sold it. Like, um, so look, uh, he definitely has a he has a place in the club. But I mean, the 
yeah, shame on them. And and even Chelsea to a degree. I know they took a couple of years off spending money with their transfer ban. Mm. But they, they spent last summer. Presumably they're going to mm. spend again this summer because Tuchel's come in and he's going to want his players as well. And, and there's going to be you know real what? expectation on them next year as but well. you know what? Tu- well, yeah, tu- Tuchel is not in the same class. We were, last night in our WhatsApp group, obviously we were talking about the best strikers uh, in, of their generation and like classing into tier one and tier two. And you have the likes of Lewandowski and Aguero in tier one. And then you'd have like Giroud in, in tier two, for example, Edin Dzeko in tier two. It's the same with managers. Pep is tier one. One. Klopp to his credit is tier one. Thomas Tuchel is tier two. He's he's young though. Is the only thing he's, he's not as experienced as those two guys. He's not been in the game for as long. Um, he's, he's he's not, but he's been in the game for a decent amount. Uh, eight, nine, ten years managing. He was manager of Mainz for what three seasons. Manager of Dortmund for three, four seasons. Yeah. Manager of PSG for three seasons. That's so, ten years, I think. So you know, he's 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 should be coming into his prime as a manager, you'd think. Yeah, well, let, let's That's see how he gets time. on. I mean, he, he's done yeah. an all right job so far. No, I mean, what what I mean is like, what, what I mean was like Klopp was doing it as soon as he got to Dortmund. He was winning, he was winning Bundesliga. He did it as soon as he got, got to Liverpool. He was getting to, getting to the Champions League, Europa League final, then Champions League final. There was clear, you know, yeah, no, to be fair to Tuchel, give him time. He had a very good record with PSG. He got to, did get to the Champions League final. So we do need to give him time. I'm, I'm just saying that right now I'd class him as a tier two manager. But let's see. You're right. Okay, man, I think that we've covered most of it. We do want to get too bogged down in the mid table. Obviously, Arsenal won again. Um, yeah, a few fists. What a result. Man, what a game. <laughs> that was a great game. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a really good game of football. Um, but are we surprised when Leeds are playing? That's that's kind of one thing that leads leads guarantee. Um, I was I was great to see Aubameyang score again, and he he played really well. Um, yeah, well, he, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. A hat trick for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Arsenal move six points behind Liverpool. They're still obviously tenth in the table, mm. uh, eight points off fourth as it is now. What 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 kind of goals should Arsenal be setting themselves now? Yeah, this is I, for, for me. A couple of weeks ago, I start. I, I tried to get. Ver, I got very excited, and I, I thought that Arsenal were going to finish in the top four. I think that's a really, really, really tough ask. Um, what I want to see more than anything else is is consistency, and we, we are beginning to see this. But the game against Aston Villa was really poor. I think the game against Wolves was. You know, there are a couple of individual errors, but at the same time, there are some really dodgy refereeing, um, which influenced the results of the game. But the game against Villa was very poor. So for Arsenal, need to cut out games like that. And if, if Arsenal lose and or draw when they should be winning and it's because of too many missed chances or a dodgy refereeing call or something like that, I, I can take that on the chin. But if it's a game like the game against Villa where Arsenal offer absolutely nothing at all, that's very disappointing. I, I, for, from an Arsenal perspective, they just need to be be consistent to keep persevering with the likes of Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe who have been fantastic. And it's so great to see them continue to get minutes to start week in, week out. Smith Rowe played from the left-hand side and he was excellent. So Odegaard was very good as well. He was, and he didn't do anything fantastic, but he didn't really need to. He just kept things ticking over, was nice and positive. And he does have an air of Mesut Ozil about him, doesn't he? I mean, that's the first comparison that I, I, I kind of see a young blonde Ozil watching him play. Uh, in- that, that surely has to be the front four now for the big games. Yeah, you'd you'd have to say you'd have to say Lacazette. I, I know I know Pepe has shown some flashes in, in mm. recent weeks of why he was signed, but he's still not got that level of consistency. And yeah. if he if he has now genuine um, competition to get mm. in the team, 
he's going to have to start listening to what the manager wants him to do if he wants this, to get picked. This is it. And I think that Pep, Pepe's a goal scorer, man. And, and if Arsenal are needing a goal, then by all means, put him on. Or, like that, That's when he should be playing. But he, he doesn't, he's not a very structured player. So if you're playing people, you know, the front, th- the, 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 the attacking midfield trio that played the other day have, their footballing brains are just unbelievable for me. Odegaard, Saka and, and Smithrow. But Pepe doesn't have that. So I, th- I think that this has to be the, the way forward. And I love seeing Aubameyang play through the middle. So, Joe, what Great. kind of targets should Arsenal be setting themselves this season? Um, final of the Europa League. They absolutely should, should be aiming to, it, to, to, get, to get that far. There's no reason why not. And um, a, top, a top, top six finish in the Premier League. Be, be great to finish in the top four. I can't. I, I think it's a really tough ask there t- because it relies on other teams dropping points. But like I said, just need to be consistent to cut out the, the the mistakes and the and the games where they don't create chances. Okay, right. Um, like I said, we don't we don't want to get too bogged down on on the rest of the mid table. A, a good result for for Wolves. We didn't. Uh, we we've been critical of them at, at times. Southampton are obviously going through a sticky spell at the moment. Uh, really solid win for for West Ham as well, but again, you can't really judge teams too much on on, on swatting aside Sheffield United, who who remain on course to be one of the worst Premier League sides we we have ever seen. Yeah, look, that that that's been this week's show, Joe. I think we we've covered most of it, and um, if not all of it, uh, thanks for thanks for joining me on the show. Um, and enjoy your pancakes later on. Thanks, thanks, Rafe. You're going to have some pancakes yourself. I'm going to sit down and absolutely smash them now, man. I'm going to coat them in Lovely. maple syrup. Um, none of this flambe nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that. Maple, you can't go wrong with a bit of maple syrup. Are you having crepes or fat pancakes? And I'm going to have some crepes, but Hannah, nice. H- Hannah forgot to buy um, lemons. So, yeah. Do you know I've never been a fan of lemon and sugar? Doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for Two me. Two working class for you, Joe. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the classic Irish uh, combination, though. But no, I, li- I, li- I like a, a bit of flambe or, or some, <laughs> some melted uh, dark chocolate with creme de chanty, something like that. I guess that well, sliced banana. Yeah, you're a weirdo. All right, mate. Look, thank- <laughs> we can talk I- about this all day. We could do. We could do a, a cooking show. Or no, a, a no food review look, show. No, nobody <laughs> listens to the football show, man. They, they wouldn't listen to a cooking show. <laughs> All right, mate. Cheers. I'll talk to you next time. Talk to you.